Welcome to the Life in Deep Ellum podcast, exploring the sacred in art, music, faith, and community. Well, when we were deciding which day that would be best for Emmy to be baptized, I remembered that today is celebrating the Feast of the Lord's Baptism. So globally, the church today recognizes um, kind of the Sunday that we remember when Jesus was baptized. And as Bryson said, uh, a lot has happened between the birth and the baptism of Christ. And that's kind of how um, the liturgical calendar moves pretty quickly. We moved through Advent and celebrating the birth of Jesus. And now we move into celebrating um, the baptism, the life, the ministry of Jesus when Jesus' ministry begins. And this will take us all the way through Lent and Easter. Um, So today is a very special day. I must say that as a Baptist, I am used to the old baptistry, uh, but I... I think as I get used to this way that we have done things here, it occurred to me that if Jesus laid his precious baby head in a feeding trough, it makes sense for us to also be baptized in a farm trough. (laughs) We just want to be biblically consistent. But seriously, we all come from different faith backgrounds here at Lyde, so we'll approach baptism with different perspectives today. And all of those are welcome, whether you yourself have been baptized or you have never heard of such a thing, your story is valid here. Christians have long disagreed on how exactly one should be baptized, whether sprinkled or submerged, lots of controversy, but the overall idea is the same. We encounter this mysterious grace from God. This significant ritual is one of these ancient ties that we have to the past, to Jesus himself. And it somehow ties us together as a faith community. You can kind of notice that today, even when one person's individual journey happens, um, a baptism is part of that. Something happens with us, too, right? It's communal, too. Baptism is called a sacrament, which, um, similar to the Lord's Supper, a sacrament is defined as a ritual that imparts divine grace. Divine grace, that's what it's all about. And these waters of grace that hold us afloat, renew our spirits, and affirm our identity as beloved children of God. But how did all this start in the first place? How long has baptism really been a thing? Well, it's believed that John the Baptist, or John the Baptizer, his name kind of gives him away on that, he is the one who sort of originated this practice as a uniquely um, part of the Christian story. Um, You might remember during Advent that we focused so much on how John the Baptist's birth played an important part in um, telling the future of who Jesus would be. And remember that that baby that 
that was promised to Elizabeth and Zechariah, he grew up and became um, John the baptizer. And he started to wander off into the wilderness and eat locusts and wear camel's hair. I think he was kind of like the OG hippie, honestly. Um, And while those are interesting and slightly weird uh, choices (laughs) that we could talk about, the most important thing about John the Baptist is that he was really preparing people's hearts and minds for the coming of Jesus. And he was doing this by immersing them into the Jordan River and offering them the forgiveness of sins. And this was pretty, a pretty radical practice because you see there were already these Jewish cleansing rituals, but not ones quite like this. Not ones that initiated someone into the movement that Jesus was coming to begin. So we have John the baptizer, he's doing all this baptizing, people are coming from all over, and then something interesting happens, and I want to read, read it to you. Um, and I'm actually gonna be in um, the Gospel of Mark, the first chapter, and I'm starting in, chap- in verse nine of the first chapter of Mark. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came down from heaven, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. This is the word of our Lord, thanks be to God. So, didn't I just tell you that baptism was for the forgiveness of sins? So, isn't it interesting that Jesus himself is baptized? Why exactly was Jesus baptized? This question has really frustrated theologians, I will say. If you Google this question, you'll find many articles answering it with certainty exactly why he was baptized. And it seems that a lot of folks have been surprised or even uh, disturbed by this because it implies that Jesus himself had sins that needed to be forgiven in the Jordan River. I don't think that that's the case. But why was Jesus baptized? I mean, wasn't Jesus supposed to be the one doing the forgiving of the sins, not the other way around? Most answers to this question focus on Jesus providing a good example. They say that Jesus was showing other people how to do the thing, right? Or other explanations say that it was really just a time for God to tell everyone around who Jesus was. It was really just about the other people there and increasing their faith. And those are both okay answers. But to me, they leave me wanting more. What if Jesus, who was the fullness of God and the fullness of humanity, 
actually wanted to receive a beautiful blessing of belovedness and be named publicly as the beloved son of God. Okay, maybe he didn't need a blessing because he was really already hashtag blessed. But maybe, just maybe, when the waters were still calm, before they would get stormy with mocking and challenges and eventually a crucifixion, maybe in this precious moment, we get to peek in and experience a very special moment between God, Son, and Spirit, the Trinity itself, all as one. We get to witness love flowing between God and God's Son. And then we get to witness the Holy Spirit coming down like a dove and words of blessing are ushered. Maybe Jesus, in a way, did need to hear the voice of God calling him beloved in the same way he needed a mother to feed him and he needed moments away from the crowd to pray. Many of these gospel stories say that during, the, during Jesus' baptism, he was praying. He was, he was in conversation with God. Because you see, Jesus was the integration of the human and the divine. And in this moment that he wades into the waters of baptism, he redefines this ritual. The one who gives the water that will let others thirst no more wades in the deep end. The one who calms the stormy seas wades in the deep end. The one who will die and will rise again by the hand of God wades in to be blessed and named beloved. Jesus himself falls into the water and rises in the abundant love of God. So instead of getting too distracted by the question of why exactly Jesus was baptized, we can experience it as a mysterious and beautiful story that encourages us that we're not alone in the waters that we swim into on the faith journey that we walk on. So what does baptism mean to us? Well, these same waters of grace and forgiveness are available to you and to me. And I think by Jesus being baptized, he kind of said, you know what, I'll go first. <laughs> I'll dedicate my life completely to the love and will of God. And then he says, won't you join me? Won't you come in too? The video that played before this, um, Rachel mentioned that when we're baptized, when we're baptized, it's a defiant act because we're renunciating all the other names that the world will try to give us. We're, we're tuning out all the other voices that seem to come down from the heavens. 
and we're listening to the only voice that matters, the voice of God. There are so many other voices and names that we will hear in our ear. You may hear these voices, voices of despair and criticism and self-judgment. As we begin a new year, our culture tells us that it's time to get on the diet. It's time to be baptized with a 30-day rejuvenation plan. Maybe uh, the culture says that Instead of baptism, cold plunging is the way to really rejuvenate your spirit this year. But seriously, our, we're surrounded by voices telling us all the ways that we're not enough, that we're not beloved. And then we allow those voices to catch on to our ears. And before you know it, we are living and acting out of fear and hatred and sorrow rather than living out of love. We start to forget that just as we are named beloved by God, so is that other person <laughs> and that other person and that other one too and those people and all people and all creation, and on and on and on. While Jesus experiences the heavens torn apart and a dove coming down with a blessing, we may be more familiar with our inner critic coming down from the sky, right when we're about to take a risk on something or try something for the first time. We hear those voices at inopportune times saying, you're a failure, you'll never get it right. It is tempting to believe those words, my friends. But the journey of baptism, the journey that we're on together is about listening for a different voice. It's about listening for the voice that says, you are my daughter, in you I am well pleased. You are my son, you are my child, I love you. And it's from that place, once we let that sink all the way in, that we can live differently. We can live from love rather than fear. We can bless others as beloved because we know we ourselves are beloved. We don't have to grasp for our worth by comparison or competition or criticism. We can lay all that aside because we know that the voice of God has said that we're loved. And we're also forgiven. If you've ever had someone offer you forgiveness, you know that what a grace it feels like. You can't really earn it. You can say you're sorry, 
but that person still has to offer you a grace of forgiveness. There's nothing really in your control about forgiveness. This is the way it is to be forgiven by God. There is nothing we can do to earn it. There is no box we can check. We just are forgiven. We receive mercy. And all of faith is really just a gift of grace. And then our faith is just responding to that grace over and over again, giving thanks for it, sharing, sharing it with others, putting it to action in tangible ways, forgiving others in the way that we are forgiven, living from a place of love instead of a place of shame. So friends, as we remember the baptism of Jesus and we witness the baptism of, of Emmy, I invite you to wonder what blessing it is that God has for you today. What other competing names have hung on to your ears and clouded your hearing? What other identities have become more important than the one identity that God has given you. And do you have the time and space to let those voices fall away? To defiantly rebel against everything else and say, you know what? Actually, I'm loved. And actually, you're loved. And actually, God is with us, transforming us, changing us, saving us, forgiving us. Thanks be to God. Amen.